Good morning. Happy Saturday. Well, I almost said Easter in my head. Uh, in my head, I actually said it, but like that, I almost said it out loud. Well, I guess I did say it out loud. It's not Easter. I know. I don't know why. It's like, happy Easter, everybody. That's what I thought. Let me see when Easter is. Oh, it's, I don't know. Well, it looks like this Sunday is Palm Sunday, which means next Sunday should be Easter. I, I'm bad at dates, everyone. I want you to know. Holidays don't mean anything to me. There's one holiday that does. Jordan, do you remember what that holiday is? National Pirate National Talk Like a Pirate Day. International Talk Like a Pirate Day, everyone. September nineteenth. I don't think it's international. I think it it's is. national. It's international. Oh Jesus. Because piracy has no borders. It's sort of a requirement of it. If you're in the borders, you're definitely getting hung. Well, okay. So, welcome to Depressed Dolphins. I'm your host, Jordan. Yar, and I be Captain Noise. Oh, my God. As you guys know, that is Briggs over there. The thing that gets me is his laugh is so wheezy, but he has never smoked a day in his life. Why is it wheezy? It's because, so, for years, I, ha- I have a different laugh that is very crazy. I sound like uh, Mark. Maniacal. Yeah, I sound like Mark Hamill's The Joker, and that's like my normal, real laugh. But I've learned to contain that. Uh, and instead, I apparently sound like uh, Dick Dastardly's dog, uh, whose name eludes me forever. Uh, and so it comes out like this wheezy, weird laugh because mm-hmm. I'm trying to contain the madness within me. Uh, so you, we, we did a poll, and you guys wanted a bunch of different episodes, actually. We have a, a lot coming up. Um, we have, let's see... Today's episode is the one that was the most popular, uh, popularly requested. Uh, popularly requested is uh, Briggs's hobbies and his tinkering habits. You guys want to know more about what Briggs's hobbies are, and um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Upcoming, though, just to do some housekeeping here. Upcoming, we have 10 random facts you didn't know. Mm. Um, and let me see. Sorry, I'm trying to think because I'm going off the top of my head here. 10 10 We're just going to talk like that the rest of this podcast. No, uh, 10, fa- 10 random facts you didn't know. Um, and then... Man, I'm spacing on on these uh, facts. Number one, uh, it no, may no, surprise no, you. no, no, no. Uh, Say that for the next podcast. Say that for the next podcast. Uh, we have one <laughs> where it's going to be couples, relate couples, relationships, sex, porn, and more, mm. uh, and just like how porn affects relationships and things like that, and our take on porn. Just because I think it's really interesting. Like um, everyone has kind of a different take on that, and we also grew up religious, so. Um, it's just interesting to hear, like, you know, the different backgrounds of people and, like, how their viewpoint on it. I, at least it's interesting to me. Yeah. Be, because, like, we live in a society where porn is just so widely accepted. Well, yeah, it's it's become permeated ever since, you know, the joy that is the internet. Right, right. And I do think that there is real, like... Ramifications. Ramifications for it. Yeah, I do. Um. So, anyways, there's that one. There's growing up homeschooled and religious... Uh, that was another popularly requested one. Um, and I can't think of what the others are. There's a couple others coming up, but we have some really good episodes coming up for you guys. It's Oh, Religion and Cults. That was a big one. Um, 
we're going to get into that. So Briggs and I are going to have to do a little more research on that. Um, but it's something that both of us are really interested in. Um, and like I said, like, you know, we grew up, uh, we grew up with Christianity. So it's just interesting to talk about different religions and cults. And yesterday we were talking about, um, how, what's, what's the word used when you like, um, people are widely respect, like all religions have equal value. Pluralism. Pluralism. Yeah. We might get into that too. The concept of pluralism. Um, sorry, I'm blanking today. Most cults don't have. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be good time. Stay tuned. Stay with us. We're gonna be doing weekly episodes now. Um, so we had some episodes last week. We had an episode and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and a solo episode with me. So we're going to do one weekly episode together, and then I'm going to do one solo episode a week for you guys. So the weekly episode with us is always gonna be every Saturday. Um, so you'll see you'll see an episode every Saturday from us, um, and it's perfect time to kind of you know enjoy the weekend and uh, get a jump start on that. And then um, my solo episodes will be about midweek. I want to say every Wednesday. So that's where I am. I'm going to try to fix this whole microphone situation. Yeah, bear with us here. We have had <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what's going on in my throat. <clears throat> we have had two of our microphones break. So one, it was like we thought it was the cord. And so we like used the other cord of the other microphone and it, it still wasn't working. And then the other microphone with their with its cord that was assigned to it. Sorry, I'm trying to explain this so you, in an easy way so you can understand. It also doesn't work. So we're trying to figure out. And they're brand new too. like, And they're really good mics. And it's easier because, you know, when we have like guest speakers or whatever it's easier to just kind of like move the mic over to you because it's the one it's kind of like this one where you can like attach it somewhere and it overhangs and you can like kind of like you know it's on a boom it's a yeti it's on a boom yeah 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 so it's 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 easier to just you know kind of grab the microphone or lean into it it's a lot easier podcasting just has a better pickup than you know just anything else that we. it does it does right now we're using we're doing old school we're using our phones so yeah bear with us here but we're we're Gonna try to make sure that you guys have good sound quality from here on out, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. With that, let's get into the podcast. Briggs, what are some of your hobbies? And uh, Now, I want to say, I want to clarify here. I feel like there is a difference between your hobbies and your tinkering. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, because hobbies are something that you do on kind of like a repeat basis or um, <clears throat> something that... You know, is is more frequent in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Where or you know, whereas tinkering, I feel like uh, is it could be a a number of things. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, tinkering is my hobby. Okay, well there you go. There yeah. you go, guys. All right, so yeah. so explain what what are some of your most common hobbies? Like name your top three right now. Common hobbies and not like projects that you're working on. Like what is what is something that you often do? Well, so uh, I think like the one of the oldest things is I collect things. Uh, okay, explain explain that. What what do you collect? Well, so like I collect knives, right? Uh, that that was like one of the first things. I think uh, my first knife I w- ever was given was a Swiss Army knife given to me by my father, which is a very southern thing to do. Um, Why? Why is that a southern? Thing it it just is right. Huh. Every every little boy in the south. Uh, since I don't know the dawn of time, 
uh, has been given a knife at a certain age. And it really depends on the boy and, you know, the, the area. Okay. But uh, I think I was given a knife at, like, age five. Uh, Which will not be happening with Finn. I'm sorry, but no. It's it's all about the boy. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, I was given a knife. I was told how to sharpen it and almost immediately cut my finger. Um, and I learned knife discipline from there. Um, yeah. How many knives would you say? How many knives would you say that you have right now? Uh, in the house is a good question. I honestly have no clue. Just give it a guesstimate. Uh, anywhere between twenty and a hundred. Jesus. I've owned anywhere between a thousand and ten thousand knives, quite easily. Uh, I so I want to give like a little background on this. <clears throat> so we. Went to Florida recently, like in January, to visit his mom and his grandpa and his aunt and his cousin, Ayala. And let me just say this. So, Ayala lives in Briggs's room right now. My old his room. old room that he grew up in in his you know, childhood home. And he left behind when he, when he joined the army. You know, when you join the army, it's like you go in with nothing. You don't have anything. <clears throat> and then you're going to be assigned to a barracks room, so you don't really have room for a lot of stuff. He never sent for his stuff. Because you can have, once you're in, once you get your duty station or your A school or whatever it is you're going to, because um, there's different names for it. What, what does the Army call it? A school? Uh, so AIT. AIT. I think, individual training. I, think, I think it's Navy that calls it A school. Yeah. It's Navy that calls it A school. Air Force calls it... Uh, what do they call it? Like technical? Yeah, technical school. Tech tech school? Yeah. Yeah, technical school. And then, yeah, AIT. And then the Marines just, I think, call it nothing because they don't care. Everyone's a raffleman. <laughs> right, right. Marines are just blowing up shit. But anyways, um, so we went there, and I remember, like, there was just one particular day that I watched Ayala. Ayala, sorry. I watched Ayala give Briggs a knife like every hour practically mm. he she was like oh I found I you know here's a knife that I found in your room like you want your knives back right kind of a thing and so she just kept giving him knives oh I found another one oh I found another one oh I forgot about this one here's this one and then oh I found this one in this hidey hole in the house like there was knives all over this place that Briggs had been just stashing yeah no yeah I, I hide them all over the place. And yeah, so that way when he needs a knife, he could be like, "Oh yeah, I have a little hidey hole right here and I'm over here in the dining room. Let me just let me just take that and and use that real quick if he doesn't have a knife on him, which is never a thing." I bury them too. My god. So yeah, you can see he has a problem and let me just say, <laughs> have I mentioned on this podcast that Briggs is a hoarder? <laughs> have I mentioned that? Because he is a hoarder. There is a whole story which we won't get into about moving him out of his army apartment into our apartment when we moved in together. And let me tell you, we threw away so much crap. I did the, the Marie Kondo on him where I'm like, do you have any emotional attachment to this? And there was a story for everything. Yeah. There was a story for everything. There was no Marie Kondoing him, which for those of you who don't know, Marie Kondo is like this like, do you have uh, love for this? Or does it bring joy or whatever? Right. Does, yeah. It's like, does does this bring you joy? She yeah. basically is, it's it's about organization. It's about, uh, what, what do you call it? Like, I don't know. 
not holding on to things and right, stuff yeah. like that and just like you know keeping keeping your home clean and tidy or whatever and then and how to how to do that and whatever all that crap so anyways knives what else do you collect briggs i know watches is something in your i used to be a watch repairman uh and so i collect watches the thing is right i when i collect things there's only been like one thing, maybe two things that I personally will go out and grab, right? And that's not watches and it's not knives. It's I will go and pick up rocks and I will go and find coins that I think are interesting. And that's why I have, I want to say, two coins that I have gone to get my own, right? Like personally gone and collected. Um, and I have a handful of rocks and most of them aren't with us, Right. And the reason being for this rock collection is because in Florida, there aren't really any rocks. Yeah. We, we don't have rocks. And so rocks are fascinating to him. <laughs> I remember when he first visited me, when we first were, when we just started long distance dating and I was in Idaho and he was in Maryland because he was stationed out in Fort Meade. Um, he, we, I took him to this like uh, lake, which, man, I can't remember the lake. Um, yeah, I don't know either. It was outside of I, uh, it, it outside. Was, no, no, uh, it was in Nampa. Yeah, Nampa. It was in Nampa. It wasn't like Lowell, you guys. If for those of my my Boise listeners or my Idaho listeners, it wasn't like Lowell because like Lowell's lame. It was like some other like creek or lake or whatever, like in the boonies and in, in Nampa, like out in the farmland, headed out towards Caldwell. It was like Deer Creek or something like that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and we go out there, and he just starts. We start skipping stones and stuff because we find all these cool flat stones. I was like, "Oh, we could skip rocks. I haven't done that like since my childhood." So we like never skipped. Done that. Oh, and he had never done that because again, you know, no, no rocks, rocks in Florida. So we skipped rocks and stuff. And then he's like grabbing all these rocks and stuff, which I think we still have some somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he grabbed like a couple heart shaped ones that mm-hmm. that we kept or whatever because those were cool. But yeah, he just started collecting rocks, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He had like a pocket full of rocks, you guys. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm collecting rocks. There's, I'm bringing these back to Maryland. There's like no rocks in Florida." And I'm like, "What do you need to do with these rocks?" I collect rocks. Yeah. We don't have all rocks in Florida are imported. P- imported. Imported. Imp- imported. What? Oh, imported. I yeah. thought you were ta- saying important, but no, like imported. Not. No. Okay. So all the st- all stone in Florida is made of limestone or marble. Right? Because it's the same thing. Right. Um, it's just metamorphous. God, I can't say that word. Metamorphosis. Uh, yeah. A metamorphic rock, right? And so because it's um, a calcium-based rock, um, it will dissolve with a very weak acid. Uh, and so carbolic acid, rainwater, will destroy it. That's why we have so many sinkholes. Mm. Uh, and so there's no real rocks in Florida. And so, yeah. Rocks matter to me. I care about rocks. So he collects things. He collects yeah. knives. He collects rocks. rocks. Uh, coins on occasion. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, and then, you know, some of his history with his tinkering also has to do with, like, the jobs he's had. Like, you know, watch repairmen. He- yeah. uh, because of that, um, and again, family have now, and people have given me, Sharp things, so knives and axes and swords um, and watches. I've gotten a number of watches over the years. Um, and he takes really good care of his watches. Like, his last one lasted him forever, and then when it finally gave way, he was really sad about it. So I got him, like, a new watch for Christmas one yeah. time. A uh, Korea watch lasted almost my entire army – actually, basically my entire army career. Uh, 
it last which, which it was a citizen yeah it was a citizen eco drive i i bought i want to say uh the f- first week uh i was in korea um because my commanding officer told me that i was not allowed to wear the watch i was wearing which is what? Uh, it was a uh, watch with five faces on it, uh, which technically didn't break any regulation. Um, but it, it had it was a big black fuck-off watch uh, with five little tiny faces on it that had mm. different time zones on it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think my mother had gotten it for me. Um, and, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool because when you're in a different country, it is nice to know, like, the different time oh, no, zones. they were completely – yeah, they were completely different time zones than where I was. Right. And so I had to do math to try to figure out what time it was. Yeah. Um, Which the funny thing is Briggs can read a watch like nobody's business. You yeah. don't have – you don't need numbers. You don't need, you know – and there could be, like, nothing on the face but, like, the hands – on yeah. the clock and he'll and then there'll be extra fancy stuff that like you know days of the week and other time zones and you know m- like other like math stuff on there and he'll know exactly what time it is i look at a watch and i'm like okay the little hand <laughs> is facing the three and the big hand is facing the six what okay is- what time is it and i have to picture I have to fast forward in my, in my head where this where the the big hand is going and I'm like okay it is 3:30 it is 3:30 it doesn't help so the thing is is that I had for a while I would wear a bunch of extra watches on me before the army um when I was a watch repairman I had all of my like clients watches on me all the time uh and they were all fucked up and broken and so I would have like eight watches on. I'd have them on my legs. I'd have them on my arms, and that's how I kept track of what I needed to work on. This brings a special. Yeah, he is special. He's a special kid. When he goes to Walmart or like goes out and do errands, he always has his earphones on. He's got his big fuck off like Ray Bans on. He's got his like you know big fatty watch on. I have a pen in my mouth. He has a pen time. in his mouth, so no one will talk to him most yeah. of the time. He's got knives on it. Like he looks like a monster. Like a monster. He I look looks like a crazy. Person. He looks like a crazy person. He looks scary. He looks like someone you don't want to like see in the parking lot alone at night. Like yeah. I look just shy of crazy, and I'm muttering to myself most. Of the time. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Uh, very often I look homeless, and at the time I especially looked homeless. Because I had, like, super ripped up jeans that I had, like, cut open so that I could get access to stuff that were, like, strapped to my legs and stuff. It was a lot. I don't uh, appreciate that our dog's butthole is sitting on my lap right now. Oh, and he pooped a lot today. So Charlie, Charlie, get off that. mama. Get off mama. He's like, I love you. I love you, but please, no butthole on He's- my... Oh, don't put your butthole in my face. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but... Okay, so watches, collect, so you collect things. I collect things, and I fix things is, is the other one. Okay, yeah, let's, let's go into that. Um, so I've never been good at making things, ever. That's not really, like, my talent. Uh, I've, I'm really good at breaking stuff, uh, and I'm really good at fixing stuff. Um, well, and disassembling things. No, that's breaking stuff. Okay. Right, that's we'll just, get it. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so... Uh, reworking my ability to break things i i learned i learned that i was really good at fixing things um whether that be sharpening stuff like the knives and whatnot or um putting back together 
again, things like tables or working on like cars or whatever, really. Um, for a really long time, I was fixing like the computers, uh, both at, at home or in the offices I worked at. Um, I rebuilt the shredders uh, when I was still like at the office in, in the army. Um, all sorts of stuff. Like if there was something that was broken, my brain's really good at just rebuilding it uh, and putting it back together again. When he was young, oh yeah, when yeah. he was younger, he used to disassemble like the TV. Yeah. Or like they had a clock. He would dis like a clock on the wall. He would disassemble the clock, and his mom would be like, "What are you doing?" And he'd be like, "I'm taking everything apart." And then he would put it together again. He would take everything apart and then rebuild it. Yeah, that's actually, for fun. That's actually what that clock is over there. Yeah, we have we have the clock that he disassembled. It's a like. It's a grandmother it's, clock, Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's a grandmother clock, but it's it's on the smaller side. It's not like one of those bigger ones, which yeah. grandmother clocks are known to be like the smaller ones. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, medium build. It's, you know, looks like some dark chestnutty kind of wood. It's from uh, the 1950s, it's, I think? Yeah, it's from the 1950s, and then it's got the little, like, ticker thing that goes, you know. Pendulum. Oh, thank you. The pendulum that goes back and forth. And then, you know, it dings um, on every hour and every 30. Yep. Um, mechanical clock. Yeah. It's really nice looking. It actually goes well on our, like, uh, wall. Our, um, like, the it's like our main wall that we have, like, everything on. Like, we have, like, photos and artwork and baskets, bohemian baskets hanging up and, you know, just, like, a bunch of stuff. But it looks really nice with our stuff. But he took that clock apart and then put it all back together again. And it's been in the family for how long? Uh, it was bought by my grandparents in the Philippines, if memory serves, uh, when they first met. Which, um, that's a really cute story. But, yeah, they – it's been in the family for a while. I mean, his grandpa's in his 70s. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think, possibly a gift to convince my grandmother to marry my grandfather. Uh, if memory serves, I think that's what it was. But yeah, so he t he does that kind of stuff. Things that I've noticed that he does, he um back when we first met, like just things that I've noticed. Um, he likes puzzles, but not we're not talking about like jigsaw puzzles. No, I hate those. I hate those so much. Yeah, I know you do. I do too. I want to do them in theory, but then when I sit down and do them, you see me. I get frustrated every time, and. I look at the box, and then I'm looking for the corner pieces and the edge pieces. But anyways, we're, we're segueing. Like, I can it. do them. They don't make me frustrated. I just – I was forced to do them as a child because my parents were like, he's got a puzzle. Make him do that. And, but being forced to do them makes me want to kill myself. Yeah. It's it's fun when we do them together and we're like, oh, look, we got some pieces. We're working on one that's like a 1,000 pieces right now, and it's freaking <laughs> – they all look the same. It's one of those artworks that's like – a paint, a, like a watercolor painting, and it's all in lavender and green. And you're like, what the fuck? Everything fucking is lavender and green. Where the fuck are the pieces? It's so annoying. But yeah, he, he likes puzzles. So like Rubik's Cubes, he likes figuring that out. Them. He can't solve them, but he can... Well, you can solve you can solve it to a point. Yeah. The, the thing is, I don't know any algorithms. I've never understood that concept. They don't make sense to me. But I can logic my way through most of a Rubik's Cube. He can basically get it to the point where, if you've ever done a Rubik's Cube before, he can get it to the point where you got the three sides, you just need the fourth. Yeah. It's that last chunk where the it, 
the logic stops functioning for me and I need to figure out what to do. Like that's basically the last bit is because you can logic your way through Rubik's Cube pretty well. But like you there is a point in time where it's going to come. You need an algorithm. That's that's I don't think you do. There just has to be a logical way of doing it. I don't know. I just need to know what that logic is. I need to do it at least once. And then I'll be able to do it. Yeah. So to give you guys a perspective, we used to, when we were um, friends, I I met Briggs. I was working security for NSA and he was in the army um, for NSA. And he just happened. It's actually, we kind of met really luckily, like out of chance because like on a random whim, because he was actually supposed to be assigned to a different office. Well, I was assigned. To a well, he office. was assigned to a different office. He started working at that office, and it was like what a nine to five. Yeah, it was a and, regular nine to five. It was wonderful. Yeah, and he was super stoked about it because he's always been on shift work, and so he's like, "Oh my god, a nine to five! This is the best thing I could have that could have ever happened to me. I actually get to sleep, and you know, have time to myself. You know what I mean? Like when work is done, it's done, and then you know, I just have PT, and then I can go home and do whatever and fuck yeah. around. And some guy. What 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 was it? The guy. Uh, so he uh, he became a geo bachelor, which means that his wife um, had to leave uh, the area, uh, and so he was alone with his child, his like brand new child, um, and so uh, he couldn't work the shift work gig anymore, and so he basically asked the unit, he's like the first sergeant who is in charge of what you do. Mm. Uh, I was like, hey, this isn't functional for me anymore. It's a bit like what happened with your friend, right? With her whole situation. But our unit was like, that's stupid. We're not doing that to you. And so they were like, we're pulling you out of that, that shop. Um, you're going to work a regular nine to five. Right, because you have a kid. You yeah, can't. You a kid. We can't do that to you. Yeah. And so they pulled him out of there, put him in that shop uh, in the new place where I was at. And his old shop was like, we need someone there. And they're like, uh, well, we're not putting him back. So fuck you. Right. And so they ended up assigning. I was going to say Shellen, sorry, because <laughs> I, cause I call, I, you know, because I've called, he... Because I call of the, me that too. So well, because of the army, you know, um, yeah. and sometimes I joke around and I call him Shellen, um, his last name. Anyways, but he, so they assigned Briggs to my my building and there was an office he worked in within that building because there's offices upon offices or whatever. But there was an like office like an that, onion. yeah, there was an office in that building that was shift work that he ended up having to do. So he got put on shift work and he really didn't want to go and he kind of fought it. But they were like, no, you're going. And I remember sh- him showing up to the front desk and he asked like, hey, is there like a number I could call? I need to get a hold of like this office and blah, 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 blah. And so I helped assist him and his like sergeant to yeah. like get to where he needed to go and ever since then we like became really good friends like i don't even know how we really like started talking we started talking i guess because there was like another group of people that were talking that came up would come up and talk to me and whatever and so he like made friends with them and then they all would just come over and talk to me at my desk because i was sitting doing security and when you sit and do sitting doing security you're not really doing anything you're just watching people you're waiting for your chance to do something. You're waiting for your chance to do something. You're waiting for someone to fuck up. It's really like not – I mean it was kind of like obviously one of my favorite jobs because I got to do Sudoku all day. I love Sudoku. I got to do word searches. I journaled a lot on that job. Uh, 
it was fun. It was fun. And then I got to like meet a lot of people and stuff and talk and, you know, whatever and have some interesting conversations with people. But, um, yeah, Briggs and I started becoming friends and when we started becoming friends, he would bring me puzzles and stuff to do because I had like nothing to do. So he would, he was like, oh, I found this Rubik's cube in my office that no one cl- is claiming you, you want it kind of a thing. Mm. And so I did, I would, we would do that or we'd pass it back and forth. Like I'd be like, here's what I got. Now can you try to get it from there kind of a thing? And then we would pass notes to each other back and forth because, you know, he didn't have time to, fuck around like I did so like I would give him like a note and be like oh like here's what I've learned this day or oh so this so and so I saw so and so in the office picking their nose or just some weird random shit you know what I mean because I'm I can see I see all you know what I mean so I would give him like the latest and greatest like news or gossip or weird shit that happened in the in the building that I was like you should have been here for this this was fucking weird um and then you know he'd pass notes back and then you know, one day I was like, we should go out for cigars and, like, uh, scotch because he told me he liked scotch. And then that's how the friendship and everything everyone started. Everyone assumes that I smoke cigars if I like scotch. Because – and that's the thing. He's, he never has smoked, never done drugs, nothing. Not even tobacco, nothing. And the reason why I thought that he would enjoy a good cigar is because he looked like the – like that kind of guy. Like, he just – he looked like – okay, to give you the – my, like, first impression of Briggs, I – first of all, I thought he was Italian. Because, which is hilarious because he was actually coming back from being stationed in Italy. Mm -hmm. So it's freaking hilarious that I thought he was Italian. But he looked like an Italian, like, mobster kind of dude. Everything's from New York or something. Yeah, or, like, Boston or New York or whatever. He looked like some, you know, kind of like that. And it was because he had, like, the suave hair where, like, you got the hair swoop and he did, like, the old school classic 50s, like, hair swoop kind of, you know, gelled look with his hair. Um, and then he, he would wear like, you know, big, like silver rings, which for those of you who've never seen Briggs, he wears rings on his finger and he would wear like two, like big silver rings on his fingers, one on each hand. Then he had like the big, you know, fat silver watch. Like he just looked Italian for some, I don't know why I assumed I was like, you're like an Italian mobster or something that he, then he got like the. The army grade, like, you know, big aviators or whatever, or Oakleys, and he just looked like a mobster to me for some reason, which is hilarious that, because I know my husband now, and that's just so far from the opposite of what he is. Um, but, like, he was always talking about, like, oh, yeah, I called in a favor for, from this buddy, and so I'm giving you this whole bottle of scotch. And I'm like, what do you mean you called in a favor? What are you, the mob? Do you see what I mean? So... Yeah, he likes puzzles. He likes things like that. Sorry we got on a wrap down went down a rabbit hole, but um Rubik's cubes, there's like a little wooden ball that he has that like is all puzzle pieces you have to put it together. Um yeah, I recently redid that one cuz I had forgotten it. Yeah. And science stuff. Tell him about your science stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I do a, your hydroponics. Yeah, I do a bunch of little sciencey things. Um so Jordan talked about hydroponics. Uh, my grandmother, uh, uh, bless her heart, uh, she uh, got me into gardening. Uh, she was super big into gardening. Um, and uh, because of her, uh, our backyard back in, in Florida has black sand uh, and black soil, uh, which is about the most fertile soil on the planet. The only other place you'll find that kind of stuff is like, like volcanic sand. Um, but... Uh, anything can grow in it. It's just super fucking, just 
nutrient rich. Oh, and in Florida where they live, everything is so green, you guys. It's so pretty. Like it just shit grows out there. It's 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 really beautiful. Yeah, so growing up, I remember our whole area was just covered in plants and flowers and all sorts of stuff and also mosquitoes. Um, but that was because she would leave pots of water out, just standing water. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And so uh, there was always just mosquitoes, as far as the eye can see, around her house. Um, but uh, I got really big into plants um, and growing plants and taking care of them. Um, and likewise, um, over time, I started learning that some plants have medicinal properties because of you know talking with her and everything like that. Um, she was really big into that and the whole like herbalism and stuff like that. Well, as Filipino grandmas are, because my Filipino grandma is big into like plants as well. Her whole mm-hmm. backyard, she wrote, she's in California. So her whole backyard had, you know, like citrus trees mm-hmm. and flowers and rose bushes yeah. and then freaking like aloe vera plants everywhere. And she, anytime we get a scrape, she'd You're cut, the aloe vera. she'd cut open her aloe vera plant, cut off a leaf and like put the, the, yeah. the fresh aloe on our scrape. Yep, absolutely. It's a Filipino thing, which Briggs's grandma was Filipino too. <laughs> yeah, no, she would do the same thing. She had a bunch of those just readily available for yeah, cuts and burns. Exactly. Um, but uh, because of that, I started growing plants uh, related to that. And likewise, um, I, f- I learned over time with science classes and whatnot about growing plants hydroponically, right? So you can grow things without using any soil, uh, instead of using some kind of medium. Um, so like sponge or like um, clay and stuff like that. Well, especially when you're in the army and you're in the barracks room and you don't have a place to grow Exactly, anything. right. You don't have a good soil to grow in. And also the upside of that is you can avoid having to deal with sunlight and having to deal with that or having to deal with uh, temperate climates or climates that aren't useful to the kind of plant you're growing. You can grow them indoors and stuff like that. Oh uh, our dog is enjoying a good back scratch. He's got his leg kicking. He's like, I love everyone. Um, but um, I started uh, at the same time uh, learning about how to extract certain certain properties out of uh, the plants in tinctures, or I don't know how to say that, or in ointments and tinctures. Tinctures, yeah, I don't know. Tinctures. Tinctures. Yeah. Uh, or different like things, right? Um, and likewise, how to actually extract them in into salts and into esters and things like that. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the show You on Netflix? If you have, spoiler alert! At the very end, she had grown something equivalent to belladonna mm. in their garden and had extracted the poison from the plant and then poisoned him it was a paralysis poison was she growing what was she growing i can't remember it was like something like nightshade or some deadly something nightshade? deadly nightshade or something but it was like a some type of paralysis plant when she injected him what's his name uh, uh joe when she injects joe with it he gets paralyzed and because she finds out that he ha- now has to spoiler 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 he now she was growing darter or something yeah like, like she had to she she found out that he was going to kill her so she was going to do the same to him first and get to him first but the point that i'm saying is briggs has actually grown belladonna oh yeah yeah i i um do you so, see how he's just oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. like yeah i was well, so i was growing belladonna right uh, i was growing uh, a tropa belladonna which is deadly nightshade 
um, for two reasons. One, I wanted to make jam. Uh, I, technically, I wanted to make preserves because uh, it makes it makes uh, berries. Uh, and what, there's is it poisonous? Oh, preserves? super poisonous! Well, who are you going to give this to? I was going to make it. I was just going to make it. I wanted okay. to eat it, but I I wanted to make it. Uh, so the thing is, is that it's tasty. Um, it also uh, supposedly is a part of um, witch's flying ointment. Okay. Um, and so I, I wanted to see if I could fly. Um, I don't believe in witches or black magic, but I have to test it. Uh, yeah. Charlie, stop licking your father. He's like, I love him. But <laughs> I wanted to see if, if it worked. Also, um, people always joke about, or people who don't know anything about uh, a triple belladonna think that... Um, it is not tasty, but in fact, it actually is super delicious. Uh, and so unless you actually have made the berries and had them, you wouldn't know that. It's, it's not as dangerous as people think. Um, it actually works out as sort of a pain reliever. Uh, and so I was making it and putting it in olive oil and applying it to my leg to uh, reduce pain and swelling on my leg as well. Um, because I, I, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, I have leg problems uh, and it was, he has fucked knees. Yeah, it was a very functional uh, uh, leg leg helper. I don't know what they call that. Uh, uh, analgesic. That's the word. Analgesic. Um, and uh, yeah, but I wanted to, to try to make preserves. And it also, uh, I wanted to grow something called um, uh, wolfsbane, whose actual name mm. eludes me forever. Um, it's sort of an N. Um, but I wanted to grow that. Um, and the thing is, is that the alkaloid in Wolfsbane uh, is counteracted by the alkaloid in uh, Tropobelladonna, uh, atropine, right? Atropine is a curative to Wolfsbane. Um, and so I, I needed to be able to grow atropine before I grew Wolfsbane, uh, because otherwise I would definitely die. Because Wolfsbane, uh, atropine or uh, a Tropobelladonna, you can touch it and you can survive. Uh, Wolfsbane, if you touch it, you will probably die. Uh, and so I needed, I needed the, 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 the cure yeah. before I tried to grow the, the deadlier poison. Oh, my God. And so, so this is, these are the kinds of things that Briggs does. He experiments with things. He's very science-y. Um, he, I mean, philosophy is another hobby of yours. Yeah, I like to read. Uh, just in general, and philosophy is a big thing. For a really long time, I didn't read any fiction at all. Um, I, I obviously would take in fiction like through, through like television or like other th- sources. But generally, uh, when I was reading, I was only reading nonfiction, um, whether that be philosophy books or or like not encyclopedias, but you know like academic books of some sort or biographies. Um, and I only recently started actually reading fiction books um, of any sort. And he can read like a book a day, you guys. It's insane. He's really fast at reading. It's it's something that I really want to like break uh, – breaks. something I really want Finn to inherit is Briggs's uh, academia, I guess, because he is a very smart person. Um, and he's, he's easily able to learn something. I mean he's skilled in – car stuff he's skilled in you know book smart he's got the common sense he's got 
you know, street smart too from his fighting days because, you know, he used to get into all that when he was younger. He's like, I miss boxing. Uh, But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, just, I really want Finn to be able to have, like, like, my, my reading's fine. Like, it's just slow. I want Finn to be able to read fast like Briggs because it's just so much, your life is just so much easier when you can read faster and absorb that information quicker. It's definitely nice. I'm not going to tell you it's not. Uh, the thing is, too, I, I my voracious reading was definitely inspired by my mother or forced upon me by my mother. Uh, I remember, I don't remember what age, I think it was like eight or so. Uh, she took my brother and I both to uh, our local library in Navarre, Florida. Uh, I remember the library. And she took us there and uh, made us get library cards. I remember the moment. Yeah. And then uh, she took us into the back where the fiction books were. And then uh, took me to the nonfiction books and were like, you're going to read a book a week. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I expect a book report. Uh, and then she just kept upping the ante. She gave us a quota. Uh, and that's why I read so fast because I, I had to. I had no choice. It's not a bad thing. It's really not. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Uh, my, I think my record was I was reading like 12 books a week when I was a kid like that. And they were like, no, no joke biographies of people yeah uh yeah so what is your favorite philosopher can you tell tell them a little bit more about that and we're we're kind of wrapping up on time here guys uh so if we're talking about my favorite philosopher as a person i would say that it probably would wander into marcus aurelius you're gonna say that so i like marcus aurelius i like his philosophy it's obviously stoicism Uh, he isn't the first proponent of it Tell, tell, explain in like one sentence what stoicism is for uh, those that don't know. Stoicism is um, controlling your passions, just in a simple context. Um, it came about during uh, the Hellenistic period, um, and the attempt was, uh, during that time, trying to maximize uh, individual happiness in one's life, right? Mm. Um, and there was a couple different philosophies that came about during that period of time. Uh, most people know of hedonism. That was a legitimate philosophy, not a slur at the time and the goal then was well how do we maximize happiness earthly pleasure is probably the best way um and then during that period they realized that, that didn't function um but stoicism was a, a possible answer during that period of time and it's still held to this day though it has evolved over time um i do enjoy kant emmanuel kant uh, he is a evolution of stoicism as well um he is a german philosopher um, and he um, created Kantism or Kant Kantism, um, Kant's philosophy. Uh, basically, describes a deontological or a duty-based philosophy for being a good person or not hurting others, and it's based off of um, using maxims or basically rules to uh, guide your your actions each moment by moment. Um, though if you're talking about antics, like the individual antics of a individual philosopher, I really enjoy, uh, Diogenes, the dog man of Athens. Uh, he cracks me up to no end, um, as a concept. Uh, explain that concept in like two sentences. Yeah. Uh, basically he, he, uh, was a cynic, uh, like the philosophy of cynicism and he was a jerk to everybody. He, he followed his philosophy completely, but he was an absolute jerk. And if you can pick a person in, in ancient Greece, he was a jerk to that guy and made them look like an idiot because he was the smartest person in the room. So 
What about where does Albert Albert Camus Albert Camus stand? Albert Camus is definitely one of the best to me. Uh, the thing is, is that my personal philosophy is a a mixture of a lot of different people, right? Um, and and those are those people that I sort of mix together. Those people I've named off. So, can you explain a little bit of Al- Albert's philosophy to them? Because yeah. I know what it means, but they may not. They don't, yeah. Um, so Albert Camus is one of two, I would say. Uh, proponents or creators, progenitors of a concept called absurdism. Uh, Albert Camus was um, a French Algerian um, who um, uh, put forth the idea of absurdism, which is the concept that uh, eventually in your life you will run across an idea that is so um, juxtapositioned, uh, so um, directly oppositional to your current viewpoint of reality that it will um, basically cause you to have a crisis um, and that there's only a few possible uh, reactions to that. There's only a couple ways that you can respond to it. Um, And Albert said that there's only one right way of dealing with it, but there's lots of wrong ways. And what what is his right way that he says? The right way would be to take in this new information and uh, basically learn to live with it and reorganize your worldview to match it, right? Not to um, abandon reality, but to accept it as it is now, mm-hmm. right? So if you unfortunately, like, for instance, discover that you're, you're um, like, I don't know, let's say you've discovered that... Your religion is a, f- a fraud? No, not even that. Like, I, I always go for the, the crazier example. Like, let's say you fucking discover aliens are real and that they hate you, right? Like, you specifically. I don't right. know. Um, the right answer would be to accept that reality and have to, okay, deal with it, right? Okay, aliens real, real ex- really exist. They hate me personally. What can I do about that? I don't know. Work with it, right? Maybe make friends with them. Bring them cake. Right. Or just accept the fact that they don't like you and work around that problem. Right. Right. Um, the wrong answers uh, generally involve things like killing yourself. Always a bad choice. Don't do that. Um, don't be a depressed dolphin. Don't be a depressed dolphin. Uh, suicide is always the wrong answer. Uh, he considered that literally suicide is bad. Suicide is wrong. Uh, the philosophical suicide would be to uh, give up your uh, principles and your your yeah. your worldview yeah to give up what you believe is right or wrong and things like that to um just do something else right um likewise there was the um the like sorry if you hear our dog panting into the the phone he just stopped panting when i said that he's like oh god keep panting. uh then there was a a um a um metaphysical concept in the same kind of way where you give up your your ability to make your own decisions um, and that would be like subscribing to a higher power instead, right? Um, he wasn't against religion, obviously, but uh, if you decided uh, or you gave up your ability to decide uh, for yourself, then that would be a type of suicide to him. So it's really, yeah, it's interesting. And a lot of these things we've talked about over the years, just of being together, being friends, you know, philosophy was something we bonded over and you know, learning all his tinkering things and his hobbies and stuff just made me love him more. He's, I don't know why. I just, he's very, he's a very interesting person. Like to me, Briggs is the most interesting person I've come across. I think I'm a very boring person. No, I think you're interesting. Like there's just always something new to discover about Briggs. Like he's not, 
your average Joe Schmo. You know what I mean? Like he's got, you know, good qualities about him that make him a really good person, a good man, a good father, a good husband, a good friend. But like he's also just like quirky and funny and witty and quick, uh, you know, sharp and, you know, I, I already said witty, but like quick witted and I, I don't know, snappy. Like he's just you know he's he's a funny guy he's got he's got good humor too I'm so mostly just a bundle of dad jokes trying to not you know freak but, out and quippy pop culture references yeah. and punny puns and you know all that stuff so yeah that Briggs is good peeps but that this is a little bit more about him so that you guys can know these this is kind of you know what he does and you know stuff like that um real quick though before we end this just can you quickly explain to them the one time that you made a ballista Oh, yeah, we talked about this recently. You didn't get the full story about this. So make this quick because we only got about, like, less than 10 minutes here. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's not that long of a story. Uh, So when I was in Italy, um, people who are in the Army know about stuff like this. Um, Assigned parking sometimes is a thing because of limited parking spaces. And if you're overseas, this is a serious problem, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was overseas... Um, I had very, there was very limited parking, um, on this base I was at, right? And so the barracks space or the parking spaces around the barracks were assigned specifically to the barracks. No one was supposed to park there except for guests of the barracks or the barracks, um, uh, was it residents, right? Uh, themselves, right? (coughs) Most of the people in the barracks though, didn't have a car, Right. There because were, overseas, a lot of people don't bring their cars. Yeah, they just didn't bring it because they're like brand new soldiers or whatever, right? People still bought cars when they were overseas, right? And then they you know put some in there. Um, some people brought their cars over because it wasn't their first duty station. But like I didn't bring a car because my truck at the time flat out wouldn't have passed any inspection. It was an old piece of shit. Um, but I had a parking space, and so um, I had a there was a wood shop on post, and I was like, well, I'm gonna do something, I guess. And so I started making stuff. I made like a bookshelf and a bunch of other things. And um, over time, I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I found out that the um, Italian government would let you hunt if you had a special permit, but you had to use medieval weaponry to do it. Which is so fucking stupid. But I mean, whatever. I get it. What they mean is like you use a bow. Or you use like an old medieval rifle because there were rifles and guns in the medieval era, right? My brain pictured like a guy in a plate mail with a mace going and hunting a turkey or something. And so... Of course your brain thought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm picturing like a guy in a battle axe going after like a pig. And so I really wanted to be a part of this. And so I was like, I could build a trebuchet, but that's way too... Like it's going to be hard to aim. Uh, and so I, I decided God. to go and build uh, a ballista, right? Uh, and so I found like some plans and some, some stuff I could work with. And I, I went to the workshop uh, and I started building my ballista. Uh, and so I, I, you know, they had wood there and people were working on stuff. And I asked them like, hey, can I use your wood? Do you have some free scrap I can take? And I started to put together this this siege weaponry if people who don't know a ballista is like a uh, 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 crossbow except it's the size of like a small sedan uh, <laughs> perfect for parking yeah exactly and so that's what i thought and so slowly but surely i would build a piece and i would 
take it over to the place where my parking space was and I'd put it there and I had like lacquered it and stuff so it would be fine in the rain. And yeah, I just slowly assembled this like wooden frame. Like at first it was wheels, then it was the frame. And then, you know, slowly but surely I was building a siege weapon in this parking space. Did you ever get photos of this? Uh, no, no. Damn it, Briggs. I didn't want evidence in case somebody asked about it. Um, but I know there are photos of it uh, because it was – so the side that it was on was the same side that one of my soldiers was on, a guy named Laflamme, um, and another guy named Lodwick, right? Uh, the two of them were on the same side of this. Just They were on opposite sides of the ballista, um, and the ballista itself was pointed at the Army Community Center. Um, which is like a place where you're supposed to go to like go to the to pick up like internet access or get information about the local area or like if you're a spouse you get job recommendations that kind of stuff right it's literally there to like help you integrate into the local community right right and my ballista is pointed at it um, of course it just it happened to be what was in front of it right um, and so it didn't it didn't. Uh, come up until around the time I was building, I think, the second ballista bolt, because uh, I had the first one already made, but in my barracks room. Um, and a barracks manager came by and saw that I had, like, what looks like a giant lawn dart in my room. Uh, and he was like, What is that? I'm like, It's a ballista bolt. And he's like, What? And I'm like, Yeah, it's a ballista bolt. And he's like, What do you mean it's a ballista bolt? I'm like, It's for my ballista. It's something you fire out of it. It's like, what ballista? Uh, and, I'm like, and I walked him over to it so he could see it. And he's like, do you have a siege weapon pointed at the army community? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get my permit to go hunting. And he's like, what? And we started into the whole conversation about the permit to go hunting and stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to get it. To, but you need a weapon for them to certify uh, and which is why I'm building the siege weapon. And it, it was a whole thing. Eventually, uh, it was a guy named D'Angelo, uh, who was a good friend at the time. He asked me very politely because he couldn't find a policy. It was after weeks of conversation. Weeks of, of him looking at the policy. He the regulations, the army regulations. He couldn't find a specific regulation that said I could not build and point a ballista at the building. But he asked me very politely to stop. And so I did. Do you think that they built a regulation after, or that they made a regulation after that? I wouldn't saying be you can't point a ballista. See, a lot of the army regulations and and just military regulations in general, because there's army regulations, there's air force, navy, coast guard, yeah. marine, all that. They all have their own set of regulations that you have to follow, and that includes things like your uniform and how it's supposed to look, what you're supposed to do in formation and not do. A lot of different stuff, bunch of bunch of stuff, but. I'm wondering, you know, a lot of these, some of them are, like, ridiculous, and part of it is because of people like Briggs fucking building ballistas in the fucking parking lot and pointing them at the Army Community Center. We actually had a couple moments like that with me and D'Angelo. I also started to make a cement throne out in front of my my place. Oh, lordy. Uh, And also, I started to build a forge. The forge came first. Um... And, like, I, I got all the ingredients to make it. Um, uh, and he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm building a forge. And he's like, 
you can't build a forge. I'm like, no, I can't have a grill. That's what the policy says. It doesn't say anything about a forge. I promise you, I've looked. And I called the fire department, and they agree with me. Uh, and then again, he asked me very politely, please don't do this. Uh, I can't stop you, but please don't. And then, so I was like, okay, that's fine. I won't do it because you asked politely. Uh, and then I had a lot of extra cement because of that. And so I started to like frame out a throne for myself out in front of my barracks room. And then the same thing happened. He was like, please don't do that. I know you know that you can do it, <laughs> but please don't. There's no reason for you to build a structure. So basically you were just busting this guy's balls just, all the I, fucking time. I needed to do something. I was bored. Yeah, and that's the thing. When Briggs gets bored, it's a serious matter. Yeah. It is a si- – Charlie, you're hurting me. It, it's a serious matter. Like he – don't – Charlie, you're stepping on me with your claws. It's a serious matter, though. Like, he will do things, very extreme things. And the other thing is that's funny about Briggs is he's very stubborn. He is very, I will die on this rock, on this hill, even if I have to, you know, hold up the hill myself. I will die here unless you can prove to me otherwise why I shouldn't die here on this hill right now. Am I right? You're not wrong. Yes, it's so true. He's I'm so waiting for that email to come back from the forestry people. Oh, yeah. He emailed the forestry people because he wants to like our local forestry people, because here's another here's one of his latest hobbies. He wants to go chop wood in the forest. Yeah. Why? Because I want to go work out. Yeah, he wants to work. Oh, that's right. Because we talk about working out and he wants to, you know, chop wood to work out. It's a good workout. Yeah. It's a good workout. I have axes. And yeah, he has axes. He wants to use them. He went axe throwing the other day. He asked the axe throwing place if he could bring his own axe and sharpened it to a T so that he could go throw this axe at yeah, the axe throwing place. Arm with it. Well, yeah, because he's checking to see the sharpness. You got to explain that. To yeah, him. no, yeah, it's very sharp. It is fucking hilarious. The, the things that he does. And let me just say, he's also been a lumberjack for one day. One day. One day in in Florida. Not the flannel. I got the big beard lumberjack. Like, you know, the hot, sexy lumberjacks, right? No. He, hot, sweaty, muggy <laughs> lumberjack. Yes. Out in the swamps in Florida because his buddy had said, I bet you you can't do this. Yeah, for one day. For one day. And he, so he did it. He was a lumberjack for one day and then he was like, never again. And yet here he is. Busting out his axe, wanting to go, emailing the forestry people, asking, hey, can I go chop wood for a workout? Yeah, I've done it before. It's a great workout. I don't mind because I have a thing for lumberjacks. Mm. And he's got the big, like, lumberjack beard now. And he's got flannel that he can wear. And it's, well, I mean, I don't recommend wearing it when you're working out because it's going to be hot and sweaty. But he has suspenders. Like, I just the whole look, it's really, it's, it's, it's doing it for me. It's hot. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. That's a little bit more about Briggs's hobbies. You guys asked for it. You wanted it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Um, well, do voices too. Yeah, I was gonna say you do voices. You do characters. Do a character that's not pirate. Oh, God. Do the old gold miner guy. Oh, the miner forty nine. We we didn't do this voice right the last time. They have gold in them hills. God, God it's so bad. I, it's I so still bad. love the fact that Idaho is the gym state, right? What? There's potatoes in them ground and them gyms in them hills. <laughs> he doesn't understand why we're the gem state. I don't either. We need to do our research on that. There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, There's a reason for why it's the gem state, but yet we don't know. 
Uh, and this whole conversation came about because on New Year's, they have a potato drop in Idaho, mm. which I only just recently discovered. I've never been to the potato drop ever. And I've lived in Idaho for like six, seven years. We're in the last end game now. The last end game. God. In the last few seconds. Yeah. All right. Welcome to, well, not welcome. Welcome to the Fresh Dolphins. We're starting over. We're starting over. seconds. Have a nice day, guys. I hope you have, enjoy your Saturdays and... Um, yeah, stay tuned for the upcoming episodes coming up. We'll have another one midweek Wednesday with me, a solo podcast, and then we'll have another one next uh, next Saturday. Charlie Who knows? Here. We might we might even do one another one this Sunday just because we had so much fun doing this one. We might do you know one more for you guys of one of the ones you asked. But you got it. You asked for it. You wanted it. Here it is. Charlie, Don't be a depressed do dolphin, Charlie. What do you have to say? Of course, he stops.